Yeah, I've got a picture of Fitz on his back under the display. Looking up at, I don't know what he's looking at. I think it's illegal in Alabama. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the RC Roundtable. I am Gnarly Fitzwalker, and joining me is awesome Terry Dunn. Howdy. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, what's up, dude? Yeah, and we got Radical Lee Ray. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're all back from California. <laughs> We've been California eyes. <laughs> I got my twang back, though. <laughs> Did they give that to you when you get off the plane at the airport? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is your twang gnarly? Here's your y'all. Here's your yeah. And here's some barbecue at the end. And your Colt 45. That's radical, y'all. Yeah, got my pistols back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we're back. Uh, normal, I guess, after our venture out to the AMA Expo West. As normal as we get, anyway. Oh, well, yeah, normal-ish. Uh, uh, although, uh, at least coming back, the weather has improved significantly here in Speak Texas. Speak for yourself. Oh, we don't care about you Northeasterners and your snow well, and I, slush and crap. I just got to say, the weather was awesome out there in California. I can't believe <laughs> I'm saying that. It's coming out of my mouth. It was, it was such a wonderful weekend. Yeah, it really was. Uh, yeah, well, it's always awesome out there. Even when well, it's not awesome, it's the, awesome, Unless you live in the fiery parts. Well, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. It was gorgeous out in Pomona. We, we do have the mudslides, the, the forest fires, and the uh, earthquakes. It's Her- awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but kind of like Texas, you know, a lot of people say, like, well, is Los Angeles so close to San Francisco? And they're like, no. <laughs> they're very, <laughs> oh, very not, far not apart. Really. Uh, so. I had that conversation with my wife. She's like, hey, how far is San Francisco from, you know, like San Diego? Like, uh, you don't want to drive that. <laughs> Well, and, and I guess in like Los Angeles, the distance is measured in what time it is, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they talked about. It's, like, it's an hour drive from this part of Los Angeles to this part. You know, it's, it's, it's a trip to Dallas for us. Did we talk about that? Because, because yeah, because yeah, I was um, in L.A. the day Lee arrived. Well, and I was supposed to pick up Lee from the airport, give him a ride to the hotel. And so my wife and I, we were just kind of gallivanting around L.A., seeing some of the touristy spots and stuff. And... And I kept track of sort of how long it would take me to get over to the Ontario airport from where I was. And for most of the day, I kept saying like, you know, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. And Lee's flight kept getting delayed so much. But by the time he said he was going to arrive, the traffic map had so radically changed. It changed from like, uh, you know, less than an hour to like two and a half hours or something like that. (laughs) More more like it was like a a nice subtle blue tint to a dark dark red oh it was <laughs> dark red to black i think in some parts I mean, it was it was a pop up. are you sure you want to go to the airport <laughs> hey, I, yeah I had to there's tell a him. bar right here if you want to stop in and have a couple of drinks <laughs> yeah fortunately i had to tell him that lee there's no way i'm going to make it unless i left like an hour ago <laughs> I was not anywhere going to be going to be able to make it to the airport well, i'm going to come i'm going to come right back to you fitz but i will say i was very very grateful that the hotel had a shuttle bus yeah and when i called uh, a week or two before going out there i had, I had asked if they didn't i was told they did not but when i got to baggage claim and i was just walking by the information table and this very very nice lady was just smiling and you know can i help you and i said well you know is there a, uh, what's the best shuttle method to get to this hotel and she goes oh well they have one 
I was like, really? And she pulled up this little book, turned to a page, made a call, and said, yeah, we have a person here ready to be picked up. And son of a gun, they had a service. So whoever I talked to before must have been new or just <laughs> giving me a hard time. <laughs> you sound Texan. <laughs> i give you a runaround. <laughs> hey, yeah, but we you heard about what? you. <laughs> hey, Fitz, tell us about your hobby store expedition, though. You were you visited, what, two or three stores while you were in town? Yeah, thanks for asking. That's a, I, yeah, I always like to go to a different hobby store, especially when I'm out of town. You never know what you'll find. I think I did find a few little goodies. Uh, so initially I flew in with the wife to San Diego since that's where she has some family. We can stay there and, and have a good time with uh, her relatives. And San Diego's got a couple hobby stores. They used to have a, you remember Hobby People? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. always like to go down to the Hobby People. This is some years ago, of course. Uh, of course, Hobby People's no longer, but they did have a really good replacement for Hobby People. And this place was called, uh, I believe it was called the Hobby Warehouse. And so I jumped into the old rental car and drove over to take a look at this place. And it was really nice. Uh, wasn't did all of the locations get replaced? I, I don't know. I, I won't claim this is the same location, but it was close to it. Okay. Well, they were all over like Southern California and Las Vegas too, right? Yes. The hobby people. Yes. 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 Okay. They were. Yes. So I don't know. I, mean, I love their, their flyers. What? Sorry. I, I was. I was just going to say I loved seeing their flyers all the time. Yeah. And it was a pretty good hobby store. I always like to go to the hobby people. They had a lot of good selection of stuff. Oh, uh, I never went to a brick and mortar version. Yeah. So. Hmm. That, that tell you a story about how I, I had a. I met somebody related to the hobby people. People, ooh, this pretty, sounds familiar. I probably did it tell you about it. Does sound familiar. Okay, then I won't talk about it. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great story. Oh no, just a minor story. When I used to uh, work out in California, I, I worked out. This is when I was in uh, doing workout at Edwards Air Force Base. Work uh, out like pump you up. Yeah, I wish. No, no. work, work. But it was cool work because I was working with uh, airplane people and doing flight test support out at the air base. And uh, so I, I walk. I was walking through some of the offices. And, of course, my airplane radar just suddenly went off, and this guy had uh, a model airplane box at his desk, or under his desk, or something like that. And I was like, well, hello. So I started talking to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually picturing it in my head. You know, Fitz walking by and then takes two steps back. So I it was almost like that. <laughs> you come here often? You fly here often? Uh, so I uh, talked to a guy. He was a real nice guy, and he was a modeler. It turns out... His, I think it was his sister-in-law was married to like one of the top people at Hobby People. Mm. And so he could get real good discounts on stuff. And uh, and so uh, he was actually able to give me a good discount on a kit. I ended up picking up a kit from something like that from Hobby People uh, through some back channels and uh, through him. So that was, that was my Hobby People story. That, that was kind of advantageous from working out there. So, anyways, huh. I wonder if that was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, they lost so much money on that that they went out. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so uh, I went cold to the hobby warehouse. Never been there before. Saw some pictures on uh, whatever the maps, Google Maps things, and uh, it, it, it admittedly it's not a huge store, There's like like many hobby stores are, but it had a lot of stuff in there. A lot, a lot of good stuff. Uh, my my only thing is I couldn't spend a whole lot of time there, but it was just packed to the gills with all kinds of plastic models, RC stuff, cars, boats, planes. The ceilings was just, was just full of stuff hanging. Neat stuff, weird stuff. I could have spent hours in there just poking around. Uh, I sent you guys some pictures of those weird little uh, balsa kits that came in these really nice engraved balsa boxes. I had never seen those yeah. before. That was interesting. 
Yeah. And that uh, weird, that F4 with a canard on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Also very cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's all wrong, though. <laughs> it, just, it just looked wrong. <laughs> it did. I think it was just some whimsical thing, because I'd never heard of that. Even though it said Phantom 3 on it, I think it was just something made up. Uh, but it had a lot of, I didn't, there's a lot of stuff I didn't take pictures of. It was just a lot of stuff hanging from the ceiling. And uh, I, I think I ended up getting some bits and pieces I needed that they had. Uh, that's easy to transport back. And they had some something I didn't expect to see about that. So anyways, uh, that was one hobby store. I ended up going to another hobby store. I don't remember the name, but they were all cars. And so that wasn't really all that interesting to me. Uh, it was nice if you were a car person. It seemed pretty nice, but it wasn't uh, just my thing. Uh, was there a track there? No, there wasn't. It was just a little place stuck in a little shopping center huh. uh, i didn't see any track i'm sure they have tracks there somewhere oh yeah uh and then i guess the third place well fourth place i actually went to two in the la area uh one was basically exclusively for plastic models it didn't have any rc stuff in it but as <laughs> oh but as far as that goes it was fantastic i can't remember the name i wish i could remember the name um but it was really good and I ended up picking up a kit that I had been looking at and I was going to order from overseas. And they had it. And I said, well, okay, well, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> that one, I can only, I only spent like 10 minutes there. It was just about to close because LA traffic got me late getting there. Uh, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. But uh, it was a really good hobby store for just plastic models uh, and lots and lots of good stuff. But the last one was as I was leaving the AMA Expo, heading back down to San Diego, I stopped by Pegasus Hobbies. Yeah. Uh, weren't they, didn't they have a booth at the expo? Yes, they did. Okay. Yes. They had a booth and you go in that store and that store, I think it's their own building. If I remember correctly, it's not in a shopping center. It's just, a, and it's huge outside. It looks like a, a little bit like a control tower part of it. And there's like a, something hanging out of the wall, a car or something. And even before you go into the store, you go into this like little mini atrium area and it's just display cases full of stuff and stuff hanging from the ceiling. That's really neat looking. And you go in, and the place is massive, really, really big. Uh, and they have trains, plastic models, cars, boats, planes, all kinds of neat stuff. Another place I could have spent hours in. Did you spend hours? Uh, I couldn't. I was on my way back, but I did, I did spend probably a good half hour or so there looking around. Oh, okay. Lots of neat stuff. Uh, they had some, uh, um, looks like they have their own model, their own line of RC, like indoor or or smallish kits that they produce. They had their own name on it. Had lots of engines, old stuff, CO2 engines, or motors, I guess you call them. Uh, just old classic stuff. New, just... They had old boxes of old kits and things. I think I sent you some pictures. Oh, yeah. So, you just... One of those places, you just got to spend time in there and just go look through stuff. They have, they had like a, a tub of just parts. And you go through and there's... <laughs> Random stuff that you're going to have to spend just time uh, digging through to see if you find anything interesting. Um, and just just huge. It's definitely, if you're in the L.A. area, you got to stop by Pexas Hobbies if you're into the into the hobby. Uh, they have a lot of stuff, stuff I've never seen before. Uh, stuff, uh, stuff. There's some stuff I really wanted, but I didn't know if I, what size I needed, what, if I could use it. There's some metric tubing, all kinds of weird. Uh, so... There's still some great hobby stores out in the, in California. If you know where to look, you can find some really good stuff. Well, cool. Did you buy anything at that one? No, I don't think I did. No, unfortunately. I saw a few things I was tempted to, but I don't think I bought anything in there. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, 
I came close. There's a couple things I wanted to buy, but I wasn't sure if I could use it. Uh, so, of course, this is after I had spent money buying a bunch of stuff at the expo and before then. So, it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not he was poor to, after he bought more, more stuff unless I really needed it. Yeah. Well, I know that Lee and I both had a little bit of trouble getting out to California, but did anybody have trouble getting home? Uh, no. The first were good and all that? I think I came in early. The only change yeah. that I, I mean, I will say luckily I, I had my little app or rather I had uh, text alerts set up mm-hmm. for American Airlines. So when I had arrived in Dallas, I started running my way to the next gate. And while I was going up an escalator to like a whole, to- totally different section, I got an alert that my gate had changed and it was behind me. <laughs> so, oh, man. so luckily. Stop I mean, the escalator. Well, I already, I already had a, a near heart attack situation in Phoenix, you know, running the quarter mile in, in my 50 year old body. <laughs> and, you know, I should not have done that. Uh, I, so, I'm going to bribe somebody at that airport to get the security footage. <laughs> it was awful, man. I was uh, enough about that. <laughs> Very sad scene. But I was able to get to my other gate without any issues. So getting home was actually not too bad. In fact, I'm going to touch on mine and I'll let you tell your story. Uh, Terry, but what was really fun for me is that my son Austin, he has the Flight Radar Twenty Four app. Have you either of you seen that program? Not Flight Radar. I know Flight Aware. I use, but not Flight Radar. So Flight Radar Twenty Four is an app that shows live traffic, and he has it on his phone, and he likes to identify aircraft. It's kind of neat. Uh, he when he's at band practice or something, they're just sitting in the field. You know, we're we're on a final approach for Intercontinental or Bush Airport, so he, he uses it to identify planes. Well, he was tracking my flight, not just, you know, going to California, but back, and they were done early with a, a project on Sunday, so they all got in the truck <laughs> and went to the airport and sat on the rooftop, the parking lot at Bush Airport, and watched me land using the <laughs> wow. flight radar, and we were texting each other, you know, we texted each other, and said, well, we're looking for you, and stuff like that, I was, like, desperately looking to find them on the, you can't see anything, and, and dark, you know, it's like, we were waving at you, it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was but waving it, back, kids. But, you know what, it, when I landed, they were they were texting me back and forth, and they were having so much fun watching the planes come down, and watching Daddy, you know, taxi to the uh, the gate, and all, I was just, that made me smile. So that's, that's I, good. I'm sorry if your kids didn't do that for you, Terry. <laughs> this kid's like you're home already oh man (laughs) but guys guys go look up the flight radar 24 it's free i use it a lot we like to see what's flying in fact uh you know austin always like texts me hey a 380 is coming in (laughs) so anyway Uh, your story now terry what what, you had a story uh, one thing i wanted to add since you were talking about that have you guys ever flown into the san diego airport Mm, i don't think i ever have oh you remember that's a negative ghost rider it's like the American version of the Hong Kong airport. This thing is, you're, you're wondering, it's like, why is there an airport even there? You're like a space shuttle approach. Yeah. Yeah. Like a space shuttle approach. You're, you're flying almost between the buildings. There's this parking garage right off the end of the runway that, that depending on which side of the plane you're on, it feels like you're going to bounce off this parking garage just before you touch <laughs> down. I mean, you can almost read the license plates from the car as you're coming in. <laughs> Fun. That'd be a good place to watch the landings. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it would be. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Terry. Uh, no drama on my end. I caught a red eye flight or you know, two flights back, and when I booked it, it was really my only option. So I talked myself into thinking that 
it wouldn't be crowded because it's a red eye and I would be able to get some sleep on the way home. But as it turned out, it was a full flight from LA to Atlanta. And of course I had a middle seat, so I didn't get much rest, but whatever, that's just traveling. And so then I went from Atlanta to Buffalo. And the cool thing was we took off from Buffalo. The sun was just coming up and we, as we took off, we went by the Delta ramp and sitting out on the Delta ramp was a B-17, all pretty. Oh, wow. And it turns out that it's the B-17 that uh, our buddy Adam Drain is involved with, ye old pub. So this pretty green B-17 just sitting out there in the morning sun as I'm taking off. So that helped me forget about not sleeping. <laughs> well, small world. Yeah. And that was flight ready, right? It, yeah, flight. They do rides and stuff on it. Oh, neat. So, yeah, that was the highlight of my return trip. And the rest went off without a hitch. <laughs> After the nightmare, it was the getting out there. Well, I wouldn't say nightmare. I'm sure other people have had much worse. It was just kind of a scramble with yeah. canceled flights and rebooking and full flights and all that. But I made it. You know, it's it's interesting. One of the last times I remember going to California was was really bizarre. I, I went to a photo seminar and we were on the tarmac for two and a half hours. <laughs> I, I think I kind of put it in the way back in the back of my mind because I forgot. But we were sitting on that plane on the tarmac and they they played a movie for us. <laughs> but we just sat on the tarmac. And luckily it was a direct flight back to Houston, so I didn't have anywhere to go. But gosh, I'm, now it's coming back to me. That was a bad, bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but I saw a movie. <laughs> And I should point out that it's been a couple of years since I flew on a commercial flight. I was kind of surprised by the entertainment options that are just default. Now they had uh, all these different TV shows you could watch and movies and mm-hmm. yeah, entertainment games options you could play. Yeah, oh, right. every screen had at least on the long flights. Every every seat had a screen in front of it and wow. like little controls. Fancy. Yeah, you know, I, I flew. <laughs> I flew Southwest. Our entertainment option is talking to uh, ourselves. Right. It was kind of funny because on that red-eye flight back, there was one of those flights that had the, the screens in front of you, and you activate the screen by touching it. Mm. And during this, the middle part of the flight, I was my butt was aching. I was trying to find a new position to, to be comfortable in, so I was leaning forward, and my head would touch the screen, and that would turn the screen on and make everything bright. So I finally ended up having to like put a hood over my head or something to, <laughs> to keep it from activating the screen and waking yeah. everybody up. But anyway... Let's talk about airplane stuff. Yeah. We kind of were. <laughs> yeah. We're in the Small airplane, airplane stuff. <laughs> model airplanes. Speaking of model airplanes, anything new come out this week or so? I don't I haven't been kind of out of the loop. No, did we talk about that Sukhoi that we actually got to see at the expo? I don't. We talked about it beforehand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we when actually saw rest. it. He got to lift and pump it up and pretend like he was hand yeah. tossing it. We, we talked. We didn't have any details when we talked about it last time. We just said, "Hey, they just announced it." Uh, it was just before mm-hmm. the show they announced it, but there was no specs or anything. Uh, so, so now they've actually re- released official specs on the thing, and we know that it runs on two seventy millimeter uh, high fan blade count fans uh, on six cells, and they, they have a video and stuff of it. So I was able to actually. Uh, Lee had seen the video and I hadn't seen it, so I actually caught up and was able to watch it. And it looks like a really good performing plane. Uh, yeah, and just to be clear, this is the E-Flight Sukhoi SU-30 EDF. And yeah, 
I tried to, we know a couple of the Horizon guys, I tried to shame them into taking it out to the flying field. Nope, they weren't going to have it. They weren't having that? <laughs> nope. They said they didn't have a flight battery with them. And like that's one of very few that are actually in the States because they're not shipping yet. That's a likely excuse. So, I yeah, I, I told them to bring it down and taxi it around the floor of the expo. That would draw attention. I was yeah. like, I'll find you a battery. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. There There's a guy back there. here. He's got a couple of batteries we can solder together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but see, to the person, you know, there's a lots, lots of little details on it that you know weren't apparent when it first announced, such as the uh, working air brake, uh, the weapons armament, the, what do they call it, the fender for the nose gill, the mud flap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice Russian feature. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we say this a lot. But in terms of fit and finish and scale details, it's another notch up for a, a foamy. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty significant plane. Pretty good good size. It's uh, yeah, not huge, but certainly not tiny. I'd say it's. Would you say it's bigger than an F four? I'm thinking it's bigger than the F four that they have. I think it's bigger than the F four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the span on it? Which span is always deceptive with jets, but. It just seems more substantial. Uh, yeah, it's a big hunk of foam. So, yeah, it was neat to see that. Uh, I guess Horizon had two things that, that stand out there. They had the SU-30, and they had the IX-20 transmitter there as well that we could fondle. Oh, right. right. Uh, so. uh, speaking of fondling things at the Horizon booth. <laughs> so, uh, how's that game last night? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I asked Fitz earlier if the decals on the Oscar were still stuck to his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Oscar was really nice in person. Yeah, it does look uh, impressive. I I was impressed by the camouflage pattern that's built into the covering. Yeah, yeah I guess pre-printed camouflage on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I think the the thing that I, I believe, Terry, you took a photo of, of Fitz and I studying it very seriously but the fact that the engine actually pushes into the interior of the fuselage <laughs> the car right. is sitting right there under the canopy and i'm like i just don't like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got a picture of fitz on his back under the display looking up at, i don't know what he's looking at i want to see what i think it's illegal in alabama <laughs> Well, we were, you know, Fitz, at first I didn't really have an interest, but once Fitz started staring at it, I walked over and we lifted that canopy up and we were really eyeing everything, all the components in there. It's a, it was a really nice little setup. Yeah, a lot of stuff yeah, in there. I'm surprised we don't have a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that the, the hatch had two latches on it. Oh, like a double security kind yeah, of Yeah, double security. So it was, it was fault tolerant latching system for the canopy. Or hatch, the big hatch on it. All right, let's 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 uh, come clean with what we're talking about. Was this uh, Hangar 9, Oscar? Is it Hangar 9? I guess it's Hangar uh, 9. Yeah, let's... Um, it's it's Horizon, uh, that big, what is it, 90-inch? Uh, Hangar 9 KI-43 Oscar. Yeah, okay, it's Hangar 9. Okay, yes. 88-inch, so, yeah. So, yes, they had that there to show. It had a three-cylinder radial engine in it, hence the carburetor discussion we just had. Was that a Sato or an Evolution? believe that was a Sato. Okay. I think that was a Sato. Um, which they had a, they had some on display as well, just the engines. And that one was apparently one of their flight models, ready to fly. It, it was all, all the servos and everything was in it, in uh, air retracts. I think that's what I was looking at underneath. Just wanted to see the retracts and the bomb mechanism, or drop tanks, excuse me. Uh, it very, Didn't one of you guys find a problem with it? Uh, Lee did. 
What was that, Lee? Uh, something was loose. One of the servos. We were asked, wondering if they did that on purpose, but the one of the servo arms, the screw was missing. It wasn't, oh, just the it horn wasn't tied was just to the pushed servo. On yeah, was, and I was touching. It was like it was not even pushed down all the way. It's like, uh, guys, <laughs> <laughs> it was the rudder too. But anyway, and I'm sure like, well, you weren't supposed to move the hatch, buddy. I was hoping I'd win a prize. You know, <laughs> find the problem with the Oscar. <laughs> the carburetor sticking inside the fuselage. Do I win? <laughs> I mean, I don't. Guys, help me out here. That's the one thing I didn't want to do to my Corsair. So I, I'm glad I didn't do it. But what are your thoughts about a, a big engine like that shoved all the way into where all the radio gear is? I don't know. Just for me, it well, seems like... the engine like wasn't. Just the Something the is going to get sucked was. in there. I don't know. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? I, yeah, I guess whatever. It, I, it's just weird for me. Just like, you <laughs> just, know, sometimes you got to take a screw out of your landing gear to get it to work. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Vince, like Grandpa used to say... Uh, Nobody knows what we're talking about. We're going to have to get there. But you sent me <laughs> yeah. that photo. Stay tuned. I laughed so hard. Everybody's like, what's so funny? Is that these two screws? Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that story in a little bit. That was great. <laughs> I completely forgot about that, but that's a great story to bring up. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's wrap speaking up the, of the Horizon booth. Uh, I Every time I walked by there, I thought there were a lot of people checking out stuff. So they definitely had some attention while they were there and i hope it jumps up some business for yeah them. yeah they had a big booth right in a good area so yeah and our buddy chris had a good area too it was right next to them right nice open area oh yeah has he finished that p39 yet uh i thought i saw some pics He's of it close. almost yeah. done I've been I've been following his photos and it's really really close. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, I look forward he, to seeing. I think he's done with the paint job, so I guess he's going to start doing yeah. the, the lines, the panel lines. Yeah, I think he kind of slowed down after the show, so he wasn't in a rush. So he's yeah, being a little more methodical about it. Well, I want to wrap up with the Sequoia, the SU thirty. Yeah. Uh, just we had someone comment online, and maybe more than one person. Their biggest concern with the jet. I don't think they had anything negative to say about the appearance or the flight performance, but uh, people were saying that the flight times were very, very short based on the uh, the battery that could fit in that plane. And like someone had said, I've, I've heard it's only got three-minute flight times. I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, Take off, make one turn, time to land. <laughs> well, I think my F-15 is about three minutes, and probably the FV-31 Cypher is between three and four. I don't, yeah, I'll agree that that's short. But at least for me, on the high-performance stuff like that, after three minutes, I'm okay. I'm, I'm usually ready to come down. Yeah, EDFs are not known for their long flight times. So if you get the EDF expecting long flight times, you're, you're in for a disappointment. Uh, the, uh, there are know, some exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, yeah. Okay, I, I, I agree. I don't think I want to fly forever, but I think I'd prefer to have something closer to five minutes than three. Now, two things. They are calling for up to a 7,000 milliamp hour battery pack in the thing. So I don't know. It depends on what they were running for a battery pack. Uh, and another option would be just to use two packs and two ESCs. That would be a little easier on a battery. Uh, that would require some rewiring. I think uh, you just add four packs and you put them under the you know, the wings. Yeah. You, you, you dress drop them, them off after like, they're empty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Charge me! <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that was the that was the one complaint. No, nothing about the details. I think it looked great when when Fitz and I showed up, and we were one of the first to get our literally hands on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was really pretty to look at. Uh, I think the price tag is way out of my range. I as much as it's it's a gorgeous looking plane, and I think the video, the flight video, was awesome. I mean, watching that thing fly, it looked like it handled beautifully. I, I you know, short flight times and that that price tag kind of it's out of my reach. Yeah. Well, if you and Sparky can perfect your in-flight refueling, you'll be all set. Yeah, in-flight recharging. There you go. What's a Russian refueling plane? Do they use bears? I have no idea. Probably, being mm. Russians, probably whatever they can put in the air. Or do they even have, or maybe they all <sighs> just have interceptors. <laughs> <laughs> they don't refuel anything. All right. yeah. Well, I, I, if we're done talking to SU-30, I, I got to tell you, someone had asked on the, the flight video I posted on YouTube of our in-air refueling, asking uh-huh. if if it actually does charge the plane connecting to the tanker, it's like, how long would you have to be in the air to charge the battery <laughs> in the other aircraft? Like, no, I was like, I, I, I like the idea though of having some type of connection, either trigger a light or like, you know, drop like a flare <laughs> right. off the other, of the other aircraft, but to charge it, I don't think these guys are <laughs> understand the concept. <laughs> it's like, all right, so we've been up in the air for the gig. <laughs> 30 minutes now. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, gosh, what you had me, oh, I don't know, do we want to jump to the Corsair, the Corsair story at NASA, or do we want to, is there another topic we want to do, well, or do we take a commercial break, or what? I've got one more burning question that oh. has to do with the expo. Oh, okay. Who is Miss Teen California? <laughs> you you open that can of worms here you have to finish the story so in the same hotel we were staying at there was some sort of pageant going on was it miss teen california was, or young was, miss california or something? i think it was multiple. called lots and lots of pink california it was multiple because <laughs> it had like teen but it was like high school and middle school and grade school even i was like wait a minute, what yeah. i don't know if you heard my joke but the lobby turned to pink oh yeah yeah it was explosion of pink <laughs> yeah. and sequins peak sequins and, and <laughs> young young ladies in makeup high voices <laughs> yes yeah oh, so it was interesting to see and i'm sure they were just as interested to see all these greasy old dudes talking about airplanes <laughs> <laughs> all the mothers say see those men over there those are not the men you want to look for yeah. <laughs> so, i'm sure somewhere right now they're recording a pageant podcast and they were smelly and they dressed bad <laughs> they smelled like castor oil <laughs> talked about ailerons what are you talking about toxic needle valves Escalini. oh that's funny yeah but yes, by the way i'm not making fun of them i just thought it was interesting to see some glimpse of that they, they get into it. Oh, yeah. I would talk to um, something was going on inside the ballroom. You could kind of hear the music overflowing. And this was fairly late at night, like eight o'clock or something. And they'd been going all day long. And so I was chatting with one of the ladies out there. I'm like, oh, I thought you'd be done by now. She's like, oh, no, this, this is going to go late. They've got a lot more to do. So I'm like, wow, they're, they're committed. They were there still when we left Sunday afternoon. Mm. Yeah, but I'll tell so, you, come Monday morning, no, not a trace of them. Everything oh, really? was gone. Yeah. Hmm. Like they weren't right. even there. So I wonder if that was actual pageant or just like a pre-qualifier thing or something. I don't know how you tell the difference. But... <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was, so, there was such a different age range. I'm thinking it's probably more like a qualifier or a very mm. 
you know, small division. There weren't there were not, there weren't enough ladies at one age to to be a larger event. So, yeah. but you know, they had their show. We, we tried not to <laughs> gross them out. <laughs> but there were a bunch of kept the respect like they from had a pajama party or something. Did you see that? We we uh, should have had our pajama party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we join you? Uh, no. <laughs> Old photography gear. <laughs> We could add okay. two restraining orders. <laughs> it was that was way off topic. I think we spent yeah. like three minutes too long on this one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not creepy old men. So I've mentioned before on the show about um, my build up of the uh, the Mustache Model Works DHC Mustache Mustache. Yeah, Mustache. Uh, <laughs> he, he twirls his mustache like an evil villain. That uh, was an ARF, right? You put it together in two nights? Yes, <laughs> it's funny you say that. <laughs> this was the uh, laser-cut kit, 91-inch Beavered, uh, 20cc or equivalent electric. And so I've been working on this thing night and day, day and night, eschewing every, all my other responsibilities trying to get this thing done because, you know, deadlines are deadlines, right? So mm-hmm. I finally have it finished, and I need to have some photography work done. So... Uh, I called up Lee, who dutifully... Does he know a guy? I know a guy who knows a guy. And uh, uh, Lee was gracious enough uh, to come down to uh, my flying field here uh, in South Houston and uh, to photograph the maiden flight, get some nice in-air shots of the uh, beaver flying so I can have some nice pictures, pretty pictures to submit with the article. And so he came down and he decided also to bring down his uh, Corsair that he's been working on, on and off. For forever. You mean, you mean Terry's Corsair? Terry's <laughs> the hand-me-down Corsair. The hand-me-down Corsair, yes. So, so it was a Corsair, formerly known as Terry's. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a great day. Real nice weather. Uh, more or less down the yeah, runway, clear. Bit on the windy. Would bit on the windy side. Eh, slightly, but not too bad. Uh, was it mid seventies temperature or low seventies? Real nice. Yeah, California threw off your calibration. Yeah, it completely. was a good one for after being in California. Uh, so we had a really good day out. We had some interesting stories to tell on this one. Um, so I, I guess, uh, let me go first, I guess, for my beaver stuff. You're still talking. Go. All right. So quick summary. The beaver has flown and has flown Yay! successfully. Hava legula, hava So, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the engine was a little bit uh, rich on the uh, first couple of flights, but it's flown, it's flies really nice. I'm real happy with it. Uh, they're nice handling plane. Really, really nice. It flies real true and honest. Uh, you're not going to 3D it, but other than that, it's, uh, I'm real happy with it. Uh, tried out a few different uh, props I got from Master Airscrew, a couple two blades, uh, three bladed. And I like the looks and the performance of the three blade. It's just fine, so I'm going to stick with that after trying all Can you find ones. both on the full scale? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but I've seen three and two bladed. Interesting. Okay. Uh, but I like the three blade gives it a little more character. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> the first couple of flights, I had a problem with the wayward strut. It kind of refused to stay on. <laughs> <laughs> like completely on or just one end? Just one end. So okay. I take off and it popped <laughs> off. <laughs> so what so, kind of attachment does it have? Uh, metal clevis. Oh, really? And that would come off? It came off. I guess the vibrations. So, well, partly it was my fault. I don't think I'd snapped it on all the way, and I put a piece of fuel tubing over it, and that stopped mm-hmm. it from popping off. 
Okay. Uh, so once I did that, it was okay. Uh, but other than that, uh, no hiccups. Flew pretty good. Um, can't think of anything else. It's gonna be a nice plane. Real nice plane. Um, good. No cooling issues or anything like that. No, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Mike Leibel had a suggestion. He says, "Hey, why don't you put a dummy radial in there and just leave a slot for the." The cylinder cooling. And I thought, well, that's not a bad idea. I might do something like that. Hmm. Or I know where you can find one. Yeah, I was thinking, thinking the same thing. A nice vacuum form radio from... Uh, Part fire plastics yes, for yes, all our, your plastic needs. Or Buddy Sparky. Yeah. I think he's got something. I have to measure it, see if he's got something that'll fit in there. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, but it's funny because you said ARF, right? And yeah, Well, jokingly, of course, but yes. But a lot of people at the field thought it was an ARF. I'd had to, well, that's a compliment, right? Yes, it's a compliment. It's, at first, you're like, "No, it's not an article." Way I went, you realize, "Oh, wait a minute, that's actually a really good compliment." Yeah, uh, you build this as well as someone who does it for a living. Yeah, yes, I, I actually brought it to for five dollars a day. Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah for, for Chinese wages. Uh, I actually brought it to our club meeting this past week, and I got. Model Did you of, get model of the month? I got model of the month. Woohoo! And a lot of people thought, "Say, hey, what arf is this?" Like, hey, this ain't an arf. <laughs> and so yeah they all complimented me on how well it, it, it turned out and how well the, the covering job was and that kind of stuff so um, yeah and i've sent you several messages to the same effect i've only seen it through photos but i am very impressed with the finish on it uh, so am i i i'm not i don't claim to be an expert on covering with stuff but uh i guess the this i use hangar 9 ultra coat for covering and i guess it liked me uh came does it help that it's a big airplane yeah, I think so in some aspects. Uh, and I guess I just, despite being kind of a rush to get it together, I did try to put the cover on really well even before shrinking it. And, mm-hmm. and I think it worked out just really well. Uh, just to hit the magic uh, trifecta or something. I don't know. Well, the the secret to a good covering job is to sand it well beforehand. I did so sand it. All, yeah, I did sand yeah, it pretty good. Still sand in your sleep? Oh man, I had to at one cough point, up. At one point, I was wearing a respirator mask. Yeah. <laughs> I, that you create a lot of balsa dust with that kit. Yeah, a lot. So I had one of those, um, not just a like a mask. It's like one of those respirator. It has the canisters that screw onto the oh, side, geez. kind of thing. Uh-huh. So no, nothing was getting in. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I, yeah, good finish prep. I had to use a sock on my iron. Uh, the, uh, first time I used it, the ultra coat and it did pretty good. I was real happy with it. I'm, uh, I'll definitely look at using that in the future. Cool. Um, uh, and, and I the got, graphics are from Cali. Part of them are from Cali. The emblems on the door of the, uh, Alaskan civil air patrol is from Cali, mm-hmm. but the, the, the registration numbers and all the lettering I did myself with a vinyl cutter I have access to. Oh, fun. And oh, that's an interesting story. Real quick, um, the font—I didn't have any of the fonts in my computer for that. Okay. Uh, so I found there's apps you can get that you just scan into the app. I have one on my phone, so I just took a picture of the screen, or you can use a GIF image, and it'll search for fonts that match the font that it detects. Oh, you know, I've tried those before, but the results always tend to point you towards some site that'll sell you that font for $30 or something. Actually, I found the site that you can download for free. Okay. A whole bunch of them. I can send you uh, the link 
after the show. But uh, sure. I they had a whole bunch of fonts, and I found one that was ninety five percent close. I think one of the, the numbers was quite off. Was a little bit number one was off for some weird weird reason. But everything else matched really good. So I just modified the one to make it look like it. It was really easy to do. Uh, and then uh, and printed it out, scaled it up, stuck it on, and it did pretty good. I was real happy. So. Uh, cool. And no problem with that stuff sticking with the fuel residue? No, no, not really. Well, it's a gas engine, so there really isn't any fuel residue for the most part. Oh, okay. There's a little bit of on the bottom. Oh, never mind. I got to go clean the plane. Uh, there's some on the bottom <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Flying electrics, I forget. Oh, yeah, I got to clean a stupid plane. Uh, and that's it. Just a little bit of smut on the bottom of the plane. and It's, it's hardly noticeable. Um, All right. So, uh so I, I presume it's probably okay. I guess you could sp- spray with some clear or something, but I didn't see the need to. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I look forward to reading the article. I already got a sneak peek of the video, which also looked good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks, Lee, for putting that together. I really appreciate it. That, uh, I think it's You're welcome. Really good. Did you see the second version already? Yeah. I, yeah. I got the second version, and I just added a few minor clips, little inner, uh, what do you call it? B-roll? Yeah, I had some B-roll, so I, I spliced in a, some minor B-roll into it. And we'll, we'll go with that, I think. Yeah, I tweaked the I tweaked the second video after you told me about the audio, so I I did some other stuff to it, and I uh, changed the saturation a bit, and also increased the sharpness. And I I was really enjoying the second video much better. <laughs> so you're right, the audio uh, needed to be fixed. Oh wow, fancy! Much yeah. much more than I deserve. Good job, look way better than Terry's videos. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, nice work, Smithers. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I was there to watch it. So yes, congratulations. And it did look like an ARF, and you did a great job putting it together. And you know, you could always tell those guys it is an ARF, but they just have to pay you an extra five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to start putting imperfections in there on purpose. Bolt the, uh, no. the glue the wings on crooked or something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did we talk about this? Are you going to put it on floats? Um, maybe. They're supposed to come out with a float set for it, so we'll see. Uh, it has already mounting attachment points for floats, so just kind of waiting for them to come out with it. Uh, well, you definitely d- call me for that video. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to bring Austin with his with his kayak. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. No respect. No, I just want, you know, just in case. <laughs> be prepared. Scout motto. Well, you had your own little adventure with your Corsair. <laughs> the case of the missing screws. <laughs> so I, I know I had talked about this before. And I, the best part was that Fitz had been to the house to see the retracts being installed on the H&M Corsair. So after the m- failure of the mechanical retracts, I switched to this this pair of FMS retracts I got online from a discontinued kit. And this is the 1700 size. Okay. So anyway, these these and I, did you see that I had to uh, shorten the legs on the Corsair gears fits? Did I tell you how I had to do that? I had to drill holes and put little shim screws in there because they were too long. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes. I mean, we're talking about that. Yes. <laughs> so this was a this was not a plug and play option. There's a lot of uh, I don't know what do you call it. Uh, <laughs> just not jerry rigging. Well, uh, jerry rigging wasn't destructive. I was trying to. Uh, Anyway, whatever I had to do to it, I got the 
<laughs> I slammed them in there. No, I take it back. Uh, I had to create some plywood blocks to fit the actual gear supports in there. And I did a really good job of lining everything up. And they worked fine in the workshop. They worked fine when I brought them to the field because uh, Fitz was at one end, uh, you know, working on his beaver. And I had the Corsair in the rack. And I had it upside down. And the gear came up and down. Well, I flipped the Corsair over and then went to pull the retracts in and they stopped halfway. And I was like, that was weird. So I extended them down. They came down. I flipped the switch again and they stopped halfway again. I flipped the plane over. I flipped the switch. They go all the way down. <laughs> and, then, and I retract them. They come out. I was like, okay. I flipped the plane back over one more time. And again, they stopped halfway. <laughs> and I, I went over to Fitz and said, what the heck? I said, like, what could be possibly happening? Like, is there a weird short or something? I don't know what happened. So I took the plane over to the, the table that, that, so I could stand up and work on it. And I'm looking. I was like, what is happening? Well, these gear have a pivot rod in them so that they'll rotate. And they rotate on this little piece of plastic. I mean, it's no big deal, you know? And I'm watching this like, okay, I see how it's pivoting. But the wood screws I used to mount to the plywood blocks in the wing had like a teeny tiny, like a one millimeter lip. They weren't completely flush with the gear. So when the gear is, when the wing is upside down and you do it, the, the rod never touches. It's not even close. But when you flip the wing and gravity ta- you know, takes over now, this little pivot pin actually hits that wood screw and stops. And I had to uh, show Fitz. I was like, I could not believe this. And if the, if the pin were like just like two millimeters shorter, it would just completely miss it. And you, you know, they don't even need to be that long. They just are. So I put the wing back over. I'm like, what am I going to do? I tried putting tape over it. They'd still get stuck. And Fitz goes, well, you got four screws. Just take one out. You got three left. <laughs> and so what did I do? I 75% took Fitz's advice. passing grade. <laughs> I, took it, I took Fitz's advice. I, I removed that screw. I was like, I guess. He goes, don't worry about it. Those screws will hold. And so I left the two screws there at the bench. I flew the Corsair. Flew great. Gear came up. Yada, yada. And I didn't, didn't flip the plane over this time. It, it uh, did pretty good. I mean, my, my last landing was kind of yucky, but... Fitz sent me a photo. Someone took the screws. I don't know if it was you, Fitz, but someone took the screws and screwed him into the bench. No, it wasn't me. I just saw it like that. I happened to walk by. It's like, wait a minute. I was like, I'll forever be remembered there. As if someone makes them all the way into the wood and leaves them there, I'm just like, every time I go there, I'm going to look for him. I'll put like Lee. Lee was here. <laughs> you know. No, no, I, I I took him out during my car now. Oh well, okay. Go put him back. <laughs> It's just funny, though. I just, I love that you know, that was Fitz's answer. Just take him out. <laughs> the funniest part is that he is a quality engineer at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked, and they didn't pull out. You know, and, and they were long wood screws. They were probably two inches long. So they really, oh, I don't think they were going to go anywhere. But it's just, you know, you just never know. The, the kind of things you run into these, I mean, but just flipping the plate over back and forth and the gear working and not working, I was scratching my head going, like, what in the world could it be? But. We figured it out. Yeah, that is weird, though, <laughs> that gravity in certain orientations would do that. Especially because the pin is rotating 90 degrees. It had nothing to do with it going up and down. Yeah. It just happened to be, and, and that was and even weirder that you'd, you'd think that would happen with the wing upside down. Yeah. Not right side up. And who was it? One of the other guys there, this is the best part, Terry, you'd like this. He goes, well, look, why don't you just take off and then roll and lower your gear? <laughs> <laughs> That's like I could do that every time. <laughs> hey guys, what? This is how I get my gear down. I have to go inverted. <laughs> 
But uh, the plane flies great. That thing is wonderful. And I think it was Keith Fontenot who was standing next to me. And he was like, man, that looks great. And that, uh, that Scorpion motor on that H&M Corsair, she's, uh, she's great. Love it, right. Terry. It's, Good. It's a great gift. Hope I never, hope I never lose it. Are, are you going to make any, fingers? Are you going to make any modifications to the gear? Not at your home to, to fix that. I well, I, I like the other idea. It's just like you're right. If three are holding pretty well, I might just get one size smaller yeah. uh, wood screw so that the head just sits a little bit lower. Yeah. You know, so it's a little bit more flush. That's it. I don't think it really needs anything else. You're right. It's, I mean, for that terrible landing on my last one, they didn't budge at all. <laughs> I told you, anything more than two are redundant. <laughs> Maybe I just fill that hole and you know, sand it flush. <laughs> okay, that was a that was a way long story than I meant it to be. But yes, thanks thanks for showing me that photo of the screws. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious when I saw that. And it's like a double take. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> you never know. You got anything else in your workshop, Lee? I do. I love oh, yeah? stuff. <laughs> Pick your uh, favorite. Well, we're, we can kind of sum things up with what we've talked about earlier. You know, Fitz went to the hobby shops and he bought some, himself some stuff. I brought that boat back, which, you know, fit into my suitcase. I opened it up. I started working on it. And, and lately, I don't know if I shared this story with you guys or maybe I talked to Fitz. It's like I paid $25 for it. And then since I've been opening it and taking it apart, the, the price has gone lower and lower. <laughs> At one time, I was like eighteen ninety five. I now went down to fourteen fifty. As far as what the true value is, the, oh. the hole is <laughs> the hole is so thin that I just went to pick it up and I got a huge crack, like a two inch crack on the side because I've separated the top and the bottom now because they weren't sealed properly. And when I went to grab the side, it just cracked. Oh. So I have this huge crack in the side now. So now I've got to invest in lining the bottom layer with some you know epoxy or something to try to strengthen it a little bit. Well, and, you'll appreciate the thin hole when you put the lights in, though. Yeah, but I won't appreciate the thin hole when someone runs it onto a little stick <laughs> and just tears it a new one. Uh, but I did buy some lights while I was there. I'll, I'll make it work. It's just, wow, I uh, was really <laughs> surprised yeah. how how thin that plastic really was. Well, watch so, out for icebergs. <laughs> exactly. I, I think I'll call it that, Titanic 3, since yeah. they already have a Titanic 2 out. So that's the boat story. I've got everything I need to it. I'm just waiting for some other parts. Um, other parts. Uh, I, I went ahead and bought a separate transmitter for it. So if I do give it to the kids and stuff, you know, I'm not damaging my gear. Right. Uh, but here's a cool little story. When we were at Best, there were some giveaways uh, that uh, was it Joe? What's what's Joe's business called again? Gotta gotta know Joe. Gotta know Joe. Gotta know Joe. Gotta know Joe was giving away stuff during the raffle, and one thing we won was a used Park Zone Corsair. <laughs> it's pretty well used, but it was a giveaway, and I was, you know, appreciative, and I I like the Corsair obviously, and it's been sitting in my garage. I haven't had any plans to do anything with it, but after watching Chris Wolf do all that work on the P thirty nine Air Cobra. And we sat in one of his classes, barely being able to hear him, <laughs> you know, yeah. try, trying our best to listen to what he was talking about. I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do a paint job on this. I'm not going to do as much work as he is, because unlike some of the at least the on the Air Cobra, all the molds are dimples, I guess. You know, they're they're, inner, they're innies, right? Yeah. Uh, unlike the Park Zone, though, they're outies. 
like all the stuff is raised. I didn't want to sit there and try to sand everything smooth. But what I am going to do is I'm going to fill all the cracks, you know, with the stuff he's got. I am going to do several coats of water-based polyurethane to stiffen it up. And then I'm going to do some cool paint job on it. Cool. So, and I think that'd be fun. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been texting him, you know, getting a list of all the supplies he, he used. Uh-oh. <laughs> you just said you're going to do a paint job. <laughs> Knowing your history with paint, this is going to be fun. It is well, springs eternal. I will just tell you that's why I've been texting Chris saying, "Hey, I need advice. <laughs> tell me what to do." <laughs> you need a lot of advice. Uh, yeah, step, step away, Lee. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just mail it to me. I'll send it back painted for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, or I could, you know what? Maybe I'm just using the wrong paints. Maybe I just need to go to Hobby Lobby and get all the finger paints. <laughs> just well, lather the Corsair with color. <laughs> on a serious note he did say the primer doesn't matter that much but he only uses the tamiya spray paints yeah so yeah. those are good paints go. i use some of those on my beaver and uh and they've they're resistant to the fuel so oh cool so or maybe i just uh, hey how about this how about i just diss the paints all together and i'll go with aluminum <laughs> Mm. <laughs> no, God, could you imagine trying to lube them all that bumps and ridges and that foam? Yeah, right. <laughs> nightmare. So anyway, that's the that's one of those little projects I'm doing. I'm not. It's not like the main thing on my workbench. I'm just taking my time, taking up parts and filling in cracks. So it's just one of those. Every time I've got a break with something else, I'll I'll work on the Corsair. All right. Well, cool. And, and I th- I think that's a great way to practice his techniques without any stress. Yeah. on an old airframe like that. Well, and I'm hoping the practice I I make with the Corsair will help me do a better job of painting and working on the Kyosho T33 that I have. Mm. Oh, right, it's, same here. Yeah, it's still in its you know raw format, and I have only done the wing as far as painting the wing and put the paint lines. I mean, I'm really happy with how the wing turned out, and the plane flies pretty good, but the fuselage has not had any work done on it at all so now that i'll do the practice on the corsair i'll, I'll take it and, and hopefully get the fuselage done and have my nice little uh, tribute to uh, colonel dave oh cool and i know chris was recording that presentation at the expo and i want to say he's released it but uh, i'll check into that and if he's released it i'll put a link on please tell me he had a lapel mic on i thought he did but i'm not sure god i hope so but it was just so hard to hear him in there yeah it was a lot of ambient noise yeah, that was fun. But okay, so that's persevered. my stuff. That's my stuff. Fitz, you've got you've got a boat event coming up. You have another fantastic flotilla of fun coming up soon, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. December was it thirteenth? I think <laughs> it's your show, not mine. Uh, sometime, somewhere, at some place. Uh, to be continued. The fourteenth. Okay, so December fourteenth here in Clear Lake uh, area of uh, South Houston. And if you're in the Houston area, interested in it, send us a uh, uh, email, and we'll. You don't have to with. fight the hockey players and ice skaters for the pond. No, we're in Texas. Remember? Hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, things are a little different than New York. <laughs> so yeah, so if you're in the Houston area and you want to attend and you want some more information, just send us. Uh, um, uh, email contact at rcroundtable.com or, or something through the Facebook. And, or uh, look at the flyer that Pit, Fitz will put on our Facebook or page. Or look at the flyer, yes. I'll put out a flyer. And uh, it's it's free to attend. You just come out with an RC boat of some type that's not gas-powered or glow-powered. Anything else is welcome. And we usually have a really good time. 
Uh, this should be this is the last one for the year before it gets too cold and, and icky to do anything. Uh, so hopefully Lee, you can make it down if you can. Um, yeah, I will. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'll just see if I can dip that boat into something. <laughs> <laughs> seal it up. Who was that? Do they actually make that dip grip or something? You can, yeah. You know, fix your tools. I'll just put that whole boat in that. <laughs> the whole boat's rubberized. <laughs> yeah. What's that I, rubber spray paint stuff? There you go. Yeah. The stuff no. your kids have. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, yeah. What is that? Uh, yeah. Flex seal. Oh. Flex seal. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, you know what? You say that and that's exactly what Austin told me to do after he saw the crack. I was like, I don't want to add five pounds of weight <laughs> to this thing by spraying that. Yeah, it's um, a boat. You're not gonna win any speed competitions with it. <laughs> yeah, but I but I don't want to win any submarine competitions either with it. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! All right, so yeah, the voting event. I got to get the banner put together. Remember, I mentioned I was going to try to get one that looked like it was for a circus, mm. and didn't have a little finger pointing. You know, you were serious about I'm, that? Oh, I am dead serious. Oh, I thought I'm you were joking. So making no, like I'm so Monty making Python? that banner like a Monty Python finger. Yep, not the boot, just the finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and have it pointing at the fantastic flotilla of fun. Yes, I will. I will do that for you. Oh wow! And you know what? Maybe oh, even better. I think I'll get the kids to like get, you know, like they do in school projects. We'll go get a big roll of paper and we'll just, we'll paint something up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> get, get some balloons at the dollar store. We'll try to, my budget's $15. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll get you $15 worth of marketing for your show. Oh, nice. But that'll be fun. I'm hoping I can get my friend Steve to come this time. We never get to go to your event together. So I will hound him to bring his sailboats. Oh, yeah. I'll bribe him, whatever. We'll throw some buoys out in the water, and we can race around the buoys. The buoys. Yeah. Hey, speaking of events, I haven't talked to you guys about this, but I'm, I'd like to discuss it with you, and especially with our listeners, if they've made it this far, if they haven't 206 us yet. <laughs> you know what that means, right? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> we have a 100th episode coming up soon. Uh-huh. And we were talking about having like a get together an event. Now it'll unfortunately be Sans Terry. We'll we'll have a cardboard cut out of him, or we'll have him on a speakerphone, and he can just you know, talk the entire time. Or we could just burn. We'll, we could just burn him in effigy. I have a great idea. We'll have a little area set up, and we'll have a sign that says "Talk to Terry," <laughs> and, and we'll have his picture. People can just sit down and just start talking while he's just sitting there, you know, with his headset on. A little laptop but, and Skype. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. Uh, I think we should do something, and uh, I'd like maybe, especially for the folks near us, Fitz, to come up with a location idea. I could party at Lee's ask, house. I could certainly ask Northwest RC. Scoby is a nice field, but we'd have to get their club to agree to it and all that jazz. But uh, you know, it would be nice. I don't know if JSC is an option because you'd have to get a lot of people to. I mean, we're expecting hundreds, right? Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the Astrodome yeah. in the last show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. That should hold it. Yeah, yeah you know somebody right. over there, right? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so you're talking like a flying event or something? I'd like to have a little flying for us. Oh. We can get together, do our hundredth episode. I don't know, but I think the part I'm looking for is a location. Oh. So, I you you can come up with an idea. I can give some ideas, but I was thought maybe we'd have some listeners contact us at contact. At rcroundtable.com <laughs> or our Facebook page, and let us know of a uh, of a field in the Houston area that we should try to have it at. Uh, uh, you know, Scobie's kind of centrally located ish. 
Unlike Scobie, do you know anybody in the club uh, for Bayou City Flyers? Not really. Maybe I don't know. I don't know who's. I see. I when I, I see people at the fly-ins, but I don't know if they're members of the club or they just go out there sometimes. Well, I know members. I just don't know who's on the board. I can go look that oh, up. Okay. But I'll yeah, take the, I'll know. talk to Greg Yancey and see if he uh, knows. But yeah. I think it'd be fun. And we're not. I mean, it could be anything. It's just we'll have a place to be and hang out and just a little get together. Give out some RC roundtable stickers. Talk about Terry behind his back. Well, there we go. That's just that. For that reason alone, we should do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to get a picture of Terry's backside. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, talk behind Terry's back. All right. Well, I'd, I'd like us to try to put that on the calendar. And even if we can't make it at the exact date of the 100th episode, at least around there and and host something like that. Mm. Okay. You have my support. Yay. Now we just need your money. <laughs> we need donuts and coffee. And kolaches. Ooh, kolaches. Ooh, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just send, send Terry the bill. <laughs> well, Terry, you could have your own little RC roundtable party up there in Buffalo, but it's probably going to be a little cold, so it's all. I'm, it's just going to be a skiing event. <laughs> Building snowflakes. I might. I put skis on a plane yesterday, so nanner, nanner, nanner. Awesome. Which one? Um, a friend of mine has one of the old Surmark Ultimates, about a 30-inch span Ultimate biplane, hmm. and I put the Dubro Park Flyer skis on it. Oh, interesting. Haven't used it yet, but it fits nicely. Did you say you were going to put skis on your electric hub? Yep. I'm going to put the larger Dubro skis on that. Sweet. Yeah. I had them on my Carbon Z, not Carbon Z, but my whatever the medium size cub from... Uh, horizon is the yellow and silver one the s cub that's what it is i had them on that and then i sold my s cub and i took the skis off but they worked really well on it so i'll move it over to my electric cub now all right yeah so i think we're done here yeah that's uh i think we've uh burned everybody's ears off enough for our sort of uh Post uh, show show here, post post show show. <laughs> yeah, it's our post post show. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Let us know where you, if you have an event idea, location. <laughs> Don't be at Tom Bass Park because I think their uh, their height is what two hundred feet now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, my rockets yeah. go higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they can only fly ground effect vehicles now at that place <laughs> uh well hopefully that can everything change. has to be tethered yeah <laughs> yeah all the rc plays are tethered by a 400 foot string oh, well. all right all right well thanks everybody for listening in on this uh, episode and hopefully we'll come up with something for our 100th episode wallapalooza or something like that uh, but uh, any last thoughts before we go, guys? Silence means no. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.